0: Football is life. Welcome, everybody, to Football is Life. I forgot what episode we're on? Is this 23?
1: Episode 23.
0: That, yep, it is 23. Okay, that's because this show is—it's is, it, in my veins. I know what episode it is. Episode 23. Um, back at it again with Nat.
1: Hello, everyone
0: at Matt. What is up? I'm Ethan. It's good to be back, uh, for another week. A lot of stuff is happening right now. Um, we're going to try our best to cover all of it. Um, we don't even know something may happen during our taping of this show.
1: So the transfer window closed yesterday and news is still coming out about transfers. Uh, but, uh, uh, before we 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 go like one by one, I want to know from both of you which team had the best transfer window
2: uh, I have um, two possible answers here um the the team I think that made a a really really smart move was Cincinnati um and then a team that made a really high risk but extremely high reward move is la Galaxy or I guess it's not that high risk but la Galaxy could have just brought in a future MVP MLS MVP in my opinion
1: uh yeah so elaborate on both of those because I, I disagree I don't think either of those teams had the biggest transfer window but I, I want to hear your th- your thinking explain explain why Cincinnati and and the Galaxy.
2: So, uh, on second thought, the whole transfer window, LA FC is really interesting, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I guess just thinking about like the last couple hours, last like 24, 48 hours, um, Cincinnati has, uh, a, a league class distributor, distributor, a league class score. And now they just brought in a league class defender, um, And so I see them moving themselves from last year being, you know, FC Cincinnati going for zero points to this year and in the future, essentially being a lock for the playoffs. Uh, That's how I, that's how I see. I
1: think you are severely overrating how good Matt Miazga is. I don't think uh, he barely played. He did did he did he ever really play when he was at chelsea he really only played when he was at on loan
0: he's always he's been one of those players which is like a classic chelsea move where they just sort of buy a player and then they'll just loan him to like a new club each year
1: and i also don't think like he was uh that great when he was in the league originally like he wasn't he wasn't he never won defender of the year
2: so, the way he earned his way to Chelsea is in the exact style of play that Cincinnati has, which is that high pressing, high tempo, give the best you can for 90 minutes, which really results in about 60 minutes of good soccer. And then you try and hold the lead that you have. Um, but that's what Cincinnati's doing. Um, and bringing in uh, a centerpiece like him when you already have uh, Acosta and Brandon Vasquez, I think gives them something to build off of for the future. Uh, I think it's just a really smart move. It's like exactly what they need, in my opinion.
1: I, yeah, I still, I, I don't think he's he's an elite defender, and I, I definitely would not, wouldn't call them a playoff lock um, when when i look at the teams right now that are in the eastern conference there are no, none of those teams um in the top of the eastern conference uh i could say i i would say feeling certain that cincinnati could beat those teams on a given day i don't think cincinnati could beat any of them like I think- like they're always going to be the the they're never going to be the favorite in any of those matches
2: I think there are four teams uh, you're right I I, I I probably oversold them on playoff lock but I think there are four teams in the east that are playoff locks two teams in New York one in Montreal and one in Philadelphia um, and then I think there are four teams in a tier below that and I think it's I think it's probably the crew Cincinnati now Um, uh, Toronto if they continue to play at the uh, skill they're playing with Mm -hmm. and if um, Chicago continues on the run of form that they're on uh, Mm -hmm. that's how I see the east right now in two tiers
1: of four at the top Ethan what do you what, what do you think uh surprised that, uh Chicago is also pushed up there uh, we'll get we'll get back to that but what do you think Ethan
0: about Matt's um uh eastern conference tiers
1: yeah and then also Cincinnati getting um Miosga.
0: yeah well honestly I don't I don't disagree with Matt about the eastern conference tiers I think it's I think it's pretty smart. It makes sense to me Um, because there is definitely, there are teams in the East where you can tell that, you know, one's definitely more competitive than the other and so on. Um, FC Cincinnati getting Matt Miazga, uh, it's, I mean, look, I, I don't like him, played for the Red Bulls. I think he even scored against NYCFC once, not a fan personally, Um, but I'm sure he's decent. He's been all around Europe. It's like I said, he's been one of those Chelsea players where they just sort of loan him out to like a new club every year. Um, And so I think he'll probably be good for Cincinnati and it'll only strengthen their squad. And I do think Matt definitely has a point um, that they've got good defenders and they've got more quality coming in with Mia Uh, they've got Acosta who is still good in the MLS, still a good cam at still a good 10. Um, and they've got Brandon Vasquez who is great. I know that we talked about him on the show, uh, last week or two weeks ago, but I wasn't, I wasn't there for that portion of the discussion. Um, but he's good he's actually someone, my younger brother always, um, he wants NYCFC to sign him as like a Tati replacement, which I think would, I think that would be interesting. Um, do I think it'll happen? No, cause I feel like NYCFC don't tend to make, uh, inter MLS moves all the time, unless we're giving a player to another team. Um, yeah, it's definitely a good move, uh, for Cincinnati for sure. And it'll only improve their squad. And I think, that they probably will make the playoffs. I might join Matt in saying that they're a playoff lock. I
1: they still can. think it's more. I think it's more likely that uh, uh, Toronto makes the playoffs than Chicago, even I, even though Chicago is playing better than they've been playing.
0: Yeah, uh, I think I agree.
1: This season,
2: I, I agree that Toronto is really talented. Uh, t- Toronto is coming to Nashville tomorrow. Uh, I think I'm going to go see them live. I'm really excited. Um, uh, yeah. I, I think they're really, really quality. Um, and I wish we'd play them earlier in the season when they were really bad <laughs> because yeah. we really need the points. Um, but, but they're, they're, they're good. They brought in really good players and I agree. They probably had one of the best transfer windows.
1: Okay. uh one another thing about Chicago. Uh, so it has been announced that uh Gaga Selena has been uh transferred to Chelsea, the 18 year, 18 year old goalkeeper. Um, what do, you, what do you think about this move?
0: Remember Matt Miazga? I don't, I don't know. I just feel like I don't really know what's going to happen to Selena. To Selena, why can't I say his name? I don't know what's going to happen to Selena at Chelsea. Uh, say Gaga, have, uh, <laughs> that's reserved for Lady Gaga. I'm gonna call him a <laughs> Um <laughs> I don't
1: know.
0: I don't know. Um, I don't know what will happen to him at Chelsea. Um, I feel like they already have two quality keepers in Eduardo Mendy and uh, Kepa. Kepa doesn't really play, um, but he's as good as backup as you know there is out there so i don't really know where slanina fits in unless you know he's just gonna get loaned out um to a different club every year um and he will be loaned back
1: to chicago
0: yeah yeah he's gonna they're you know getting like 15 million and they get to keep him for the rest of the season so yeah for chicago i mean
1: like he's he's only 18 and it's i find it uh of there, it's a very interesting signing because Chelsea definitely sees something in him. Like they they've set his ceiling so high. Um. Also, like before this came out, like there was a chance he almost got signed by Real Madrid. Like Real Madrid was yeah. also, um, in the market for him. Uh That being said, like he hasn't been like the number one keeper in MLS this year. He hasn't even been close to that like there have been uh, points lost by uh by uh, Chicago has lost points because of his errors uh <laughs> in their games so i think it's so it's a very strange signing um like as a young american as a young american if he could get uh if he could get the experience, it's, uh, it's it would be huge if we think about, like, uh, especially with 2026 um, coming up. Um, yeah, uh, at this point, yeah, we just really don't know. Do you have any thoughts, Matt?
2: Uh, the individual transfer, probably. I mean, it's really exciting for Gaga, but I don't know if it's the best move for Gaga because he's going to a team that probably isn't going to start him. And this could be another young American keeper headed to the English Premier League to not get minutes and to regress. But I do think the move is emblematic of like the growth of American youth soccer. Uh, and I think that Chelsea is probably one of the first clubs to really value the youth coming out of America properly. Uh, And I I think it's I think it's a trend that we're going to continue to see in the future, these big signings of these American youth players.
1: Okay, let's move on to the other team that Matt said uh, had a strong transfer window. That is the the LA Galaxy signing uh, uh, Rike Pig. I don't know. I was
0: hoping you would know
1: how to say his name. Because
0: I don't. I d- yeah, I don't know. I say like like Puig or Pig? Puig, but um, I've said Puig. Puig, Puig, Ricky Puig.
1: But uh, whatever, he's coming over from Barcelona. Twenty-two years old, Matt. What are your... explain? How you think this is a a great signing?
2: Um. So this uh is somebody who's. Um, who was promoted to the Barcelona A-team at a very young age on the promise of his potential. Since then, I've heard that there are attitude problems. Um, And since he has been promoted, he's really only played less than 500 minutes for the first team. Um, So this is not a 22-year-old Barcelona star that has come to the MLS. But this is somebody to this is somebody who Barcelona highly valued at the age of 18 and saw a lot of potential in being forced out of a club because of financial problems and choosing the MLS as his next destination. Um. And I think it's, it's, it's a move with a lot of upside because he might find his confidence in MLS where he couldn't in the Liga. And he might be the player that Barcelona thought he was when they promoted him. So that's that's where I, that's where I see the upside in this move.
1: Um, yeah, this yeah, series. I think this is a I think this is a good signing for the league. Um, he's a young player. He definitely could have gone to a lot of different places. Um, uh, so so with that, I think it's it's good for the league. The league is growing. He decided that he he wanted to come here instead instead um that's I I think uh that is good um yeah uh it'll be I I don't think he's a, he's going to be like a, a a game changer or anything for the Galaxy though um he sometimes I I think people oh uh overrate the, the the Barcelona name um like you said Um, he, he had, he didn't play that much for the first team. Um, he's someone who was, who wasn't really in Barcelona's future plans. And that's why they let him go. Um, so he's, he's not like going to tear up the league. Um, but I think he is going to be an exciting player. And I think he is someone who, who will help the guy who will help the galaxy because the galaxy need a lot of help
2: i think the move actually makes a lot of sense for galaxy also because the place where they need help the most is in a midfielder and in the style of game where you want to possess the ball they are totally lackluster and totally unable to to possess and attack meaningfully um, outside of the counter or outside of winning the ball high up the field so i would
1: say, i would say that their biggest issue is still their defense like they letting goes um galore um and that's a lot of the reason why they're they've they've slipped um out of the playoffs um recently is their defense has just been terrible um, but I, I yeah i, I agree um uh, I think he's going to be um, unlike a lot of uh, a lot of players. The players who don't get talked about at the Galaxy are the are the team players, and I think he's going to be a good team player. He's not going to um, grab the headlines or anything, um, uh, or do anything as spectacular as like a Zlatan. Do you have any thoughts, Ethan, on this signing?
0: I think it's a good move. Um, Talented young player, Uh, like you said, kind of out of favor with Barca. Um, Really interesting move, I think, from a Puig perspective. Um, I don't know if maybe he saw how the MLS, uh, how the MLS's strength in the last couple of years has really been as a development league. So I wonder if he is coming with the intention of not really staying for long and just kind of maybe getting attention to just go right back to Europe. Um yeah, I think it should be good. I think he'll he'll probably perform. Um if there aren't any attitude issues. I didn't know about those attitude issues that you mentioned. So I think if, if he comes uh to the MLS thinking that he's better than everyone, I don't think he'll succeed. <laughs> Um, But I don't know if that's the kind of player that he is or the kind of person that he is. Um, But uh, (laughs) the cameo from my dog. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I think it's a good signing.
1: Moving on, uh, I would say, uh, in my opinion, I I also agree uh, that the team that had the best transfer window is uh, LAFC. As much as I hate LAFC, I think they clearly had the the best window. Um, obviously, they were already flying, um, but uh, the signings they... Um, uh, not not but... Uh, and the signings that they've made uh, have uh, fully enhanced their team uh they've gotten fans more excited about their team um I, I again I hope they fail but uh all, all three all, all, all every move that they've made uh has made their team better um uh I've, and the news official today of forward uh Denise Boanga uh coming over from France uh from the France team Saint Etienne, uh who was recently relegated but he uh he had a great season with them um uh the only thing that they're gonna run into problems with is how, how do you get all these players on the field they got so many um attackers so many wingers um how do you know how to play, Matt? Yeah.
2: Well, actually, the problem you just described is why LAFC didn't immediately jump to my mind. I think they've signed the best players, but I think the squads that have improved the most are Cincinnati and Toronto. Um, and obviously, I said LA Galaxy, but that's just a high upside future investment. I think LAFC, the, the way they get all the attackers on the field is by getting really, really valuable minutes out of their older players like uh like Bale, uh like after the 60th minute where they can come in and be really really dangerous um and i like i think their their strength comes in their rotation um, which is something other mls teams don't have uh to the to the degree that they do
1: um for like lineup purposes now that uh, they've signed uh, Denise, um, now they have like three. They got like th- three true forwards. They they still got because uh, th- they they got Denise and they got they got Bale um, and Chito Orango is still playing like very 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 well. Like, who do you play? Who who would you guys play up top in their in their front three?
0: I don't know. It's a tricky question, because part of me wants to go for the proven players like Orongo's playing really well currently, um, but then of course the other part of me where I'm like, I would like to see Vela and Bale on the field, like starting together, um, seeing what happens there. Maybe even, you know, their new D P A they just signed today. Um, like just throw all the firepower out there and just be entertaining. Um,
1: What's interesting also is Brian Rodriguez is one of the DPs and he has basically never started a game this year. Like <laughs> he's pretty much only been on the bench. Um, and I, I wouldn't really say that's because, And I, I don't think that's because he's been injured. Um, it's just been, uh, they've been going other ways. Um also just like keeping all these players happy is difficult and i mean it's uh uh lots of players want to live in LA don't understand that LA is just dirty and super paved um it's just not it's not pretty don't i don't get that but
0: LA is pretty like on, it's like
1: keeping no keeping the players <laughs> um keeping the players happy has got to be difficult um Uh, at the last LAFC game, uh, I was at, uh, at the last, um, at the bank of California stadium, I noticed immediately when they put bail in, um, Arango was pissed to be taken off. Um, clearly he wanted to score, um, in, in that game, but he was pissed. And, uh, uh, they did the same thing uh, in the NFC's next game in the League's Cup um, showcase uh, the other day. Um, that was like a friendly. Um, so it, it's different, but like it's difficult. You got to uh, having to try and keep your players happy.
0: Yeah, I get the impression that I don't know if bail will be an issue for this because I'm beginning to get the impression that I think he's totally fine, just like coming on in the 60th minute and just playing like 40, 35 minutes a game, because I think he really just wants to stay fit before the World Cup. You know, live in LA for a bit, maybe win a trophy in the MLS. But like, and I, then I, he I wants to get the impression that he's fine. I,
1: too. I, I agree with that, and I'll add on to that. He wants to play for just a couple minutes, but then also score. So he can yeah. like feel Get all feel the, the love. The
0: 15 posts on the MLS Instagram page and
1: yeah. exactly. Uh Matt Matt, any any uh, other thoughts on LAFC before we move on?
2: Uh yeah, I wanna agree with Ethan that I don't think Bale is after a starting role. I think he's here to prepare for the World Cup and I think that's all it is. I think he's after 30 minutes a game uh, where he can come on and be a difference maker. Uh, and I think L.A. probably knew that when they went and got him. I think they were prepared to, for him to have that role.
0: Yeah. And I'll say it's totally valid for uh, Orango to be, like, mad about this because I, too, would probably be annoyed. It's like I've been here, I've been doing the work, and then all of a sudden this fancy guy comes in and I'm like losing my job a little. I I, w- I would be mad about that, personally.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of MLS teams that should take note. Um, I I actually didn't think it was impossible from hearing the the rumors about Dennis Buanga, and and then obviously uh, with Bale that uh, they could have uh, they could have transferred him. Um, they did transfer um, one of their wingers um uh out um I believe they they got rid of uh uh Musovsky. Um but I I definitely feel like uh Tito Orango, he definitely could be uh finding his way to a different MOS club um in the near future. Uh come the end of the season.
2: I think that I don't know if Bay will be here past this season. So his issues might disappear if he sticks it out.
1: I think if he likes playing here, if he likes playing here and uh, Wales has a, has a good world cup and he enjoys playing at the world cup, like he has an offer um, to stay with the team for like another year. So I think it's very possible that he could be in the league next year.
2: Yeah. I I, I think think the decision from the players should come based on, Bale's presence or lack thereof um but i I think it's probably too soon to say that anybody should be forcing their way out of lafc when lafc has been as competitive as they are right now
1: okay percent chance lafc wins mos cup
0: i mean it's probably like 80 percent something like that right like 80 percent wow I, i don't know dude i don't know what to say look i it's it's a failure if they don't win the MLS Cup with all this talent that they have on the team as well as their fan base, which is pretty great. Like their, the atmosphere that they have there is great. There are so many fans in that stadium. I barely, I, 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 when I watched the LA-Seattle game, I barely saw like any green in the crowd. It was a sea of black, and gold lafc fans all over they're loud they love their team i think and if you think about it lafc going into the playoffs will most likely be playing at home because they're probably going to win the supporters shield because they're miles ahead of everybody else right now um except maybe austin or something yeah don't
1: count my boys austin out
0: (laughs) but it's they're crazy right now. They were good before they got Chiellini. They were good before they got Bale. And they're going to be good now with Keelini and Bale and Bella when they're signing their new DP forward. I don't know how they can be stopped, really. I mean, no, okay, I'm overreacting a little bit. I'm sure they, they can be stopped. But I just feel like if I was an LAFC fan, I would be saying this is 100% our year if we don't win an MLS Cup something is wrong fire this coach uh like change the name of the team like i would be i would be distraught if this team did not win the mls cup and i were an lafc fan
1: okay and- bring us back to earth matt
2: <laughs> i give lafc probably like a 25 percent chance to win the whole thing yeah. If you ask me if I'm taking LaFC or the field, I'm going to say the field. If you ask me who the favorite is, absolutely LaFC. No question about it. I just think that Austin probably gets anywhere from five to ten percent of a chance to win the whole thing. You have to give something to Montreal and you have Austin to
1: give, hasn't I mean, been to the playoffs yet. So like I think that I think they get eliminated in the first round of the playoffs if they when they, when they make but the playoffs. Their
0: atmosphere is great too. They just if don't have experience at home, they'll advance.
1: They don't uh, I, I I disagree. I don't even think you could say that. I think they don't have the experience of the playoffs. I,
0: I give Austin at least
2: a five percent chance to win the whole thing. I think they're really them, talented. They uh I think you have to you have to give Philly like 15 with how they've yeah. been playing. Yeah, uh, NYCFC's yeah, chances. Again, are they real, could win this wonder They got hurt by Tati leaving. Montreal is really talented, and they actually they've allowed the least expected goals and almost the most goals. So Montreal is like playing like the results are worse than they should be, and they are where they are. So I think Montreal's real, yeah. Philly's real, Austin's real. Um, I think LAFC is the favorite, but I can't give them. You could push me to forty. There's no way I'm ever picking them over the field. I'm taking the field.
0: I, be, I was I was hyperbolic with the eighty percent. I don't. Necessarily... I I give
1: I would say I give LAFC like uh I'll give them like a a fifteen percent chance. Um, they still have. Their biggest problem, which is their defense. Their defense is still bad. Um when you obviously if you score a lot of goals, then you're gonna have a good chance to win games. But their defense is still bad. They recently just uh they just transferred one of their defensive players. Um uh, but uh that is uh their defense is still very bad. Um and that is why I think that uh, they they might not win the MLS Cup this year. Um, uh, in this last game against the Sounders, um, Sounders had many chances to get in behind their defense, who was who just looked slow, old, and bad. Um, and on a different night, I think other teams um, with pace um, will take easy advantage of their defense uh so that being said um well i think they have a good chance uh uh nowhere close to ethan's uh prediction
2: so just Can to I give some context just to give some context you this,
1: said it you can't change it
2: if you were if you were to equally distribute the chance the 100 chance of someone winning the mls cup to the fourteen playoff teams, it would be just over a seven percent chance. So I actually think fifteen is too low because you're just you're saying that they have roughly double the chance of like the third or fourth best team in each conference of winning. And I think their chances are better than that. But I I don't know. I I I, I want to put them somewhere between where you two put them. Um, five because I think. Five.
1: 538 gives them a 28% chance uh, to win the MLS Cup, is what 538 says.
2: Uh, I like that. Uh, I like that number. Yeah.
1: Uh, NYCFC is second uh, at uh, 22%. Uh, I still.
2: Don't, I don't take this the wrong way, but that seems outdated to me.
1: <laughs> you think that's too high for NYCFC right it's now? It's a little outdated, yes. I think uh uh third is uh, uh philadelphia at 19 percent, and then it goes starts to get uh way um way more spread out austin is at eight percent the sounders are are way down um in uh, the ninth position right now um uh with only a uh, a two percent chance uh to win and Nashville is at a one percent. Uh, but both Nashville and Seattle have better odds to make the playoffs than the Western Conference teams around them. Um, uh, like uh, over 60 percent. Uh
0: Seattle just got into the playoffs. Yeah. They got into a playoff spot. Nashville's on their way out right now if they keep
2: tying <laughs> games one-one. <1-1. laughs>
1: Yeah, but uh, Sounders missing the playoffs, uh, that uh, that was never going to happen. And that still is never going to happen. Uh, it's so going to happen sometime. That, and that will probably not be in my lifetime. <laughs> um, okay, moving on to two uh, other transfer news. Um uh, that happened. Christian Benteke recently announced signing with DC. Uh, what do we think of this news?
0: Uh, Ethan, you're told, shaking your head. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I told you guys this already. It's this, it's the power of, of having Wayne Rooney as your coach, I think. I don't know if Benteke is going to DC. Um, if, if Wayne Rooney's not the coach, um. This is a good move for DC. Actually, I think DC has had a pretty good uh, transfer window. They've been signing uh, some decent players. They signed a new DP. Uh, They signed a new DP midfielder uh, from Schalke in Germany, which will be nice. They signed uh, Ravel Morrison, uh, English midfielder. I signed Miguel Barry from Columbus Crew. I don't know anything about Barry personally. I don't know if he's good, Uh, but it's good on a team to just sort of have MLS talent. Um, So I think they've had a pretty good window. Um, They did get rid of Julian Gressel, which I don't think that was the smartest choice. Um, I mean, if he wasn't going to be in their system, then that's fine. But I think he is a pretty quality player, especially in terms of assists and stuff like that. He was always – he's just – he was a really good crosser of the ball. And I think he'll do exactly what he always does at Vancouver. Um,
1: they also went ahead and signed uh, David Ochoa, um, the most hated player yeah. in all of MOS. Um, but I think,
0: like, he might actually be, right? Because wasn't he – like, he wasn't playing with RSL and he i heard he, he was, uh, was like training like by no, himself no he wasn't
1: allowed to, yeah he wasn't allowed to train with the team um uh, marcel has never said why um but he was he wasn't training with the team like he was being completely isolated from them um again has not been announced why yeah he is a terrible awful person he's very much hated he no one really likes him it seems like um so it's a good thing that he he probably moved matt do you have any thoughts about about dc signing and uh and christian benteke coming to mos
2: uh i don't think the move makes a lot of sense for dc i think he's obviously very talented he's obviously going to make the team better but they will not make the playoffs and no signing short of Lionel Messi or Erling Helland could put them over the line this season. Um, so,
1: Christmas. yeah.
2: So, I think if they were going to bring in someone of that caliber, they should have gone for youth. Uh, Benteke is 31 years old. Um, so, I see them the way I see it is if they were going to make a high profile move. It should have their target should have been youth, someone to build around, someone to win with next season and the seasons beyond that. Uh the transfer doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But it's exciting. First I off, New I feel like
0: had a pretty good window.
1: Yeah.
0: Especially as opposed yeah. to DC. Honestly, just they got rid of Altador, which is pretty big. That's oh, a well, good move.
1: Yeah, yeah uh Altador uh looking for his. In a final push to make the national team again, going to to Puebla um, in uh, Liga MX, um, and he will get some. He will and should get a lot of playing time. Um, we've talked a lot about how the number nine spot for the national team is very much up for grabs. Um, does did, do you think uh, he has any chance of going to the World Cup, or uh, if he is if he does score? A buttload of goes in Mexico.
2: I will give you another receipt um, to use in the future. <laughs> he has a 0% chance of making the plane to Qatar.
0: I'm going to co-sign it. 0% <laughs> chance. And not like 0
2: Okay, the horn something. will be ready. Like, I
0: mean zero.
2: I mean no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I will The Josie Altidore ship
0: there. has sailed for the USMNT. I don't I, like. I just don't think that's
1: you. Don't, you I don't, don't want you don't want him to to get another shot after getting injured in the in the first <laughs> game of his World Cup career.
2: <laughs> I think if it's, I think Brandon Vasquez I mean, has a one percent chance to go, and I think his chances are a million times better than. Altadors. <laughs>
1: okay. I sympathize uh, ben, yeah.
0: with getting injured at the World Cup, but I just feel like he's not that good. So I don't think he's gonna go to the
1: He missed his chance this year. Yeah. Yeah. He sort of fell into he sort of just fell into and he he and Michael Bradley um received like uh they they're just uh have Forever been cursed from not qualifying for the World Cup in twenty eighteen. Um, basically, um, one thing I wanted to say about Christian Menteke is: first, it feels like he's been thirty six for like forever, even though he's not. He's not thirty six. He's again, he's thirty one. It just feels like he's been he's been like an old um, slow player for a while now. Um, he's also one of those players who I feel like every uh soccer fan knows his name um like most people know who he is but then he he's he doesn't live up to um to everyone knowing who he is um it's not like it's not like because he has like a giant personality um just says everyone knows his name does anyone feel do you guys feel this way at all
2: i think it's i think it's related to fifa i think he had a really really good really really cheap fifa card at some point in our lifetimes um and that's why i mean not to minimalize it but yeah but i agree that his he's got like his name has a a, like weight to it that other younger better players don't have um but i don't think it's related to quality i think it's related to fifa
1: okay one of the transfer news that uh uh I want to touch on um uh is going goes back to to the Houston Dynamo uh uh because I want to hear from Matt uh Matt going into this season when when the Houston Dynamo announced that Hector Herrera was signing with the Houston Dynamo you were very adamant that this makes Houston Dynamo a contender a couple games in with Hector Herrera, how are you feeling about uh, about your previous statements?
2: Contender is a strong word. Um, that's
1: what that's what you said.
2: It's not what I would use right now to describe the Houston Dynamo, uh, but no, really. <laughs> but you know the the West is tight, and really, the Houston Dynamo are right on the edge of not really being competitive for the playoffs but they're not below that line yet of what I would call competitive for the playoffs um, because they're only seven points out. Okay. That's a lot. They, <laughs> I don't know. Hector Herrera's quality. <laughs> he really is. Um, maybe he gets settled into the team and they get in there, find their form, but, but I'll, I'll own the, the Houston Dynamo have let me down, but I do think this, it, this was yeah. also a season to build a culture in Houston. Um, and...
1: I, I I feel like it's going the wrong way. I feel like Houston <laughs> is becoming a small club in the same way San Jose uh, is overlooked. Uh, I often forget about Houston since they're just uh, – they're not a team that anyone talks about. Um, and they really didn't make any other signings this window um, uh, that – uh, I feel few are going to help them sneak into the playoffs or um, get more noticed. Uh, do you have any other? Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about? I, about I think thing? I think the the future. Oh well, I'll say one
2: thing very. Yeah, quickly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. the
2: future in Houston is brighter than you're making it out to be, but it's not as bright as I made it out to be at the beginning of the season. <laughs> uh, it's probably somewhere in the middle
0: of how we portrayed it.
1: The only thing that's bright in their future is the uniforms.
0: Oh, oh man. man, um, yeah. I mean, I don't really have any thoughts about Houston. I, it's just like what you were saying, Nat. Like, do you just do? You just don't really think about them. Like, you don't really think about San Jose or you know, like Kansas City this year. Um, what I do have thoughts on though is why. I feel like half a quarter of this show now is dedicated to just like um, proving Matt wrong or something like that, or like shoving Matt's opinions back in his face. But it's, I mean, you know, if if that's if that's the I, energy, I think.
1: Hey, when y'all, when we come out know. with when when me and when me and Ethan make make bad takes, then Matt has full has like full encouragement. Let us have it. But we we're just, I guess we're just smarter the, about things. You know, the,
2: you know the, the crypto ad where Matt Damon is like, fortune favors the brave? And then the crypto market crashed oh, yes. like a month yep. after that. Yeah. That's me. I'm the brave. <laughs> and Matt Damon said, fortune bravered me. Fortune that seems about right. Me, but it did not. <laughs> yeah, I think that, I've, I've, I've been right about iTunes. things. I've been right about things. I think um, I, I say things strongly. I say it with my chest, so I'm forced to own it when when I'm wrong. I was yeah, on. That, wait a second. Wait. I do want to point out. I was high mm-hmm. on Austin at the beginning of the season, and both yes. of you doubted me.
0: Yes, <laughs> you were correct. That you is definitely fair. On Austin
1: and Austin now is and I and I definitely Austin is definitely proving us Austin Austin wrong.
0: Calls, but we Austin too, and Brucey.
1: Like, oh, what
2: about Austin? And then. Oh wait this might be something worth having a conversation in the MVP race. Is it Sebastian Drusi or the
1: field? Who are you taking? Still the field. (laughs) Still the field, but Drusi has been playing really, really well right now. Um, I give Drusi like a
2: 60% chance. So I'm taking him over the entire field.
1: Wow. Okay. That's another bold take.
2: Well, I'm saying 60. <laughs> uh, he just won his second player of the month. Um, yeah. So I I I don't necessarily think he'll deserve it at the end of the season, but I'm giving him a really high chance of just winning it.
1: Yeah. Uh I mean it will annoy me if an LAFC player gets it, but uh, I think mm. uh LAFC, someone from LAFC has a good shot um like uh, Eliasian C- win defender like, of the uh, year? Like, uh, Illy Sanchez, um, is one. Um, anyone from Philadelphia, um, could do it, but uh, but uh, he has a serious shot since again, not a lot of people, I thought, uh, not a lot of people, including me, thought that they were going to be in second place at this place and uh, and a guaranteed <laughs> yeah. playoff team at this stage in the season so they've definitely um uh they've surpassed expectations very heavily heavily
0: yeah uh i don't really yeah. see um i don't see anybody from philly in the mvp race to be honest this could be this could be one of my clips with the horn in a couple of weeks but i think that and I'm not even saying this as like a bearing on the quality of any Philadelphia players. I think it's just the way that Philadelphia play. Uh, Cause they're really such a unit. Um, yeah. Whereas it's a very it's, team it's not,
1: oriented team.
0: Yeah. One player won't always necessarily shine more than the others. And the MLS really wants those goals and those assists and those big moments. Um, and that does happen for players like Drissy. Um, so, yeah, I just I don't see that happening for Philly. Um, and I'm not yeah, I think that's a, sad about it.
1: I think that's another reason that Drucy might also not win is he just might not be famous enough, and MOS also wants <laughs> wants someone famous yeah. to win to win the award. So
0: yeah, it's true. Yeah.
1: If Gareth yeah. Bale were to score fifteen goals um, in the end of the season, goals,
0: he'll be in the in the race.
1: <laughs> Because like uh Jesus Ferreira is always gonna is gonna be up there, even though um I wouldn't say he's he should be MVP, even though he he is leading the the golden boot race. Um, to wrap up the transfer window, there are three teams that didn't make any signings this window. Uh uh and two of them are on this show. The only other one is Atlanta, um, which is which is surprising. But the other mm. ones, it's NYCFC and the Sounders. Um, Ethan, how are you feeling about uh, about your team not bringing in anyone? Were you surprised that you didn't even Can go I, for someone like within the league?
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna speak honestly here, um, and this is. I say that like I did, like I lie on the show, but I don't, I don't, um, a lot, I feel very out of place with NYCFC fans on this. I am totally fine with us not signing anybody this transfer window. I think, I think, I don't know. I just think NYCFC fans overreacted a little bit. Um, I, I see too, too much worry about a bear. I think. I think he'll be fine for us. I think he'll score goals. He won't create as much as Tati, but I think, if anything, he'll put more pressure on our wingers to perform, which is something that maybe we needed anyway. I would love to see Magno step up. I'd love to see uh, Gabriel Pereira step up, Thiago Andrade, um, Santiago Rodriguez, all of them. I'd love to see them step up. I I don't think we're in a bad spot there. Um, But I know a lot of NYCFC fans have also been asking uh, for a new midfielder uh, as Keaton Parks is out again and will be out for a while with another blood blood clot in his leg. So he's got to recover from surgery. And he'll be out for a long time. Um, But I don't think there's any need to panic, really. because our mid our midfield depth is pretty good currently we have alfredo morales and uh nico acevedo starting for us uh and i think they've both been playing really well um and recently in the last couple of weeks a uh, homegrown player justin hack has been playing Cushing clearly seems to like him because he never got much game time before cushing became coach um and i think he's been pretty decent um and even aside from him, we also have Gideon Zalalem on the bench who I would like to see play more because I think he's a pretty good passer of the ball. Um, so I would I would definitely like to see him get a little more play time. Uh, I think he would if Dyla was still the coach because um, Dyla seemed to like Zalalem more than Hack, but it seems to be the opposite with Cushing. Um, but yeah, I would really, I'd like to see Zalalem get some game time and... We also have players like Maxi Morales can drop back and sort of play in that position. Um, And then Santi can play at the 10, and then we can get, you know, Tiago or GP at the right where Santi usually plays. We have depth. I'm not really that worried about it. Um, uh, My other issue with with it was also, uh, like, the quality of the player that you can sign in a position like this. Cause what, cause fans were worried about the eight position with Keaton Parks being out. But like, if you want to sign a good player, are you just, are you signing like a replacement as if Keaton Parks is never going to return? Cause then what happens if he's fit again and then there's a whole competition and then Keaton Parks isn't playing. Or are you going to sign a player who's like not good enough? And then you're just signing another bench player. It doesn't make much sense to me I think it's totally okay that we didn't make any moves this transfer window. Uh and this could bite me in the butt in a couple of weeks, but I I think we're I think we're fine. I think we just need to adjust yeah. to playing without Tati. Um and I think we'll be okay. We're still second place in the East.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think there's no position on the field that uh that needed uh, a replacement i think the depth is good um I, yeah i think people have been very harsh on him on Heber. he's a very good forward um and they're still got so many pieces around him that also score a lot of goals so uh i don't think it's um it, it means anything that they didn't sign anyone um yeah same same thing with the sounders. I don't feel very i'm not I'm not sad that we didn't sign anyone um our problems are 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 different like we've just been we just had so many injuries this year this year, and that's what are, is hurting our our team's depth like our team has depth um it's just uh it's not shown when our team's injured. Um, obviously with Al Paulo being out, um, and then Obed Vargas, who um is still so highly rated. He he's out with a broken back. Um, so when we get him back, that will also be huge. I thought it was possible that we were gonna sign someone um uh, with the within the league um to be on the bench, just to add to that depth. Um because we have players coming back from injury um, until then, uh, I thought that was possible. Um, it was always going to be hard to sign a to sign like a big star because we don't have a DP spot open up. So it would have to be someone, it would have to be like a TAM signing. Um, we now know that uh, the Sounders were. Talking with Luis Suarez and that fell through. I that does make me sad. That would have been very fun to have him on on the team. I would have very much enjoyed that. Um, uh, not just because then I would have got to use the horn a lot more. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but most mostly because yeah. of the horn. It's true, but it is mostly because of the mostly horn. mostly because of the
0: horn. It's a horn, it would have um, been a horn signing.
1: Exactly. Um, I mean, I still think we're going to make the playoffs. Um, I think this – it does give me confidence that the team really didn't do anything. It shows that we do believe in our guys. I believe in our guys. I always – I still believe that in the playoffs, no one wants to play us. Everyone knows that we are a different team in the playoffs. Uh, So, that being said, I'm not really worried. Um, Matt, what do you think?
2: Um. I think it's fine for both of your teams. Uh, I think it's funny that Atlanta didn't sign anybody. It's probably because in the past they've signed players and it hasn't worked. Hasn't worked. So I guess maybe they're just giving up.
1: On there's soccer. a good chance that there's going to be a lot of turnaround at Atlanta. Um, Garth Lagerway, our current GM, um, is being linked to take over the job uh, at Atlanta. Um, since he's pretty much won everything here um it might not happen might not happen before like the club world cup because i would think he wants to be at the helm for that um also we got the world cup coming to seattle so we might want to be in here for that so i'd be very sad if he did leave but uh it definitely feels like atlanta is uh at the end of this season, if Atlanta doesn't improve, um, there could be a lot of uh, 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 turnover um, because Atlanta. Uh, this is not common for them in their in their brief history. To be, to at be the fair bottom. to them,
2: they're they've been very plagued by injuries this season.
1: Yeah, but it's true. With the
2: I think they have the most expensive roster in the entire league. And uh, Martinez
1: hasn't hasn't really came came back to his uh form before he tore his ACL in, in 2020.
2: If if you're a fan, you have to expect better from the club uh, yeah. with the talent that they have. So if there's turnover, it will probably be harsh but fair um for the people that are leaving. Uh that's the way I see the state of that club. They 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 probably could have done with getting in some new players. Um to help out with the spots that are, that are light in depth, uh, that are light depth wise. Um, So the fact that they didn't might signal a future in which they give the future to someone else to build it, build it up from, from where it is.
0: Matt, how do you feel about Nashville's transfer window? Um, We
2: bring in Shaq Moore, uh, which I think is a really good signing. And I think in the minutes that I've seen him play, um, He's looked really, really good. Um, not perfect, but really, really good. I think I was probably about right when I said he would come in and be the third best player on the team. Um, no horn and... this time. Hmm? No horn this time, yeah. No horn. Well, it's it's a small I,
1: I, It still feels like a diss to the rest of Nashville, to a lot <laughs> of Nashville players to say he's the third best player. Um. Well,
2: he's, he's, uh, he's, He's got u s men's national team um performances and uh everybody else uh I don't know if anybody would really disagree with me maybe it maybe it is a disc it's,
1: well, it's um, i I mean like it it feels it feels like a disc, but then when I go uh along their roster like it's like oh yeah Nashville's players really aren't that good. So like, maybe he is number three because it's like Mukta's number one and then Zimmerman and then... Eh.
2: There's like Lovitz <laughs> and Mayer and Leal and Godoy's been injured for a while uh, and CJ Sapong can perform but he hasn't been. However, you know who might be the best player on the entire team? Teal Bunbury. 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 Three goals in three
0: games. He has been yeah, crazy. lighting he just it up, popped up out of nowhere and just started scoring.
2: I think it's because CJ yeah. we we finally just fully gave up on Loba. Just he will <laughs> never see the field again. And oh then CJ God. Zapong has been out of form, so Bunbury's got Bunbury's got the shot, and he's he's been doing a lot with it, even though he missed a tap in,
0: um, and got pulled away from a tap in in his last result. I didn't even realize that you guys had him. To be to be honest. I totally have forgot about him.
2: He, yeah, he scored his first. He scored his first goal for the club three days or three games ago.
1: So, going with that, Nashville hosted Vancouver uh, this past week, and then they went to Portland. Uh, for the second game of the week, uh, Matt, this is your first time back at uh, Geodis in a while. How how is the atmosphere for this game, um, and and in general, uh, what uh, what were the vibes like? Uh,
2: the atmosphere at Geodis is incredible every time I go. It's a lot of fun, um, but the the games were uninspiring. Nashville in three games in a row, going all the way back to Cincinnati has scored first and then set back and waited to get scored on. Um, and it's disappointing to see from a team that I know can win every single one of these games. Um, so the, the atmosphere is great. The Shaq Moore signing looks great, in my opinion. He's, he's, he's playing really valuable minutes for the team. I'm excited to see him fully integrated and fully match fit and ready to go 90 minutes. Um, but but the, the results are disappointing and the the tactics from gary smith are uninspiring honestly um
1: again i would I say like I, I would say this goes back farther than the cincinnati game it goes all the way back to that international break in june um and that that yes that does include when the sounders uh played you guys because it was the same thing they sat back we couldn't take an event Advantage of how nashville has been playing um nashville yeah they have not been playing well right now um the uh i at this point like i um if i was in if i was not a sounders fan and a nashville fan, i i would want gary smith to be fired because nothing is changing um they again the only uh move that they made this window was to bring in a defender which is something that they really don't need to they didn't need to improve uh, like i i feel like it's the philosophy i i honestly i'm feeling a lot it feels very similar to me um to when uh jose Mourinho was the coach of uh my beloved spurs um and Uh, the way they play is honestly pretty similar in which they love to both park the bus when they have the lead or park the bus when they're on the road and it is just it takes the fun out of soccer um and while like you get good results sometimes uh the players don't look like they're having fun and that doesn't make them want to score goals like while you get some results when players are having fun they're gonna play better and this is one reason i think lafc is doing so well all the players at lafc um are happy and they're just enjoying playing the game and that's why they're playing so well um that being said the only player who hasn't scored recently is aronco and he's the one who seems pissed off. So, like, good. this goes back to you got to keep your players happy. Nashville players don't seem happy. And I would say that's, that's uh, causing their, their poor form.
2: So, one thing that I do want to throw in here is that Nashville hasn't conceded an open play in three games. Um, all three of these 1-1 ties, the goals conceded involve a set piece. Um, which is a weakness Nashville had last season. It's a weakness that's continued into this season, and if they could improve their set piece defense, um, which starts with Joe Willis and comes to the leader Walker Zimmerman, um, and obviously the tactics of Gary Smith, if that's a if they could improve on that weakness, we'd be looking at nine points instead of three, um, just to find to find a positive uh, in in the in the current form. Um, uh, and also, when any Godoy comes back, uh, I think the the play in the midfield and the 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 overall work rate of the midfield will also improve. Um, those are two avenues to Nashville's form improving. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not they can execute on those things. Uh, I think it that would yeah, be that's yeah. that's my defense of Gary Smith. I'm not here in love with Gary Smith's tactics, but I. Do you think that the, the Gary Smith out movement is an overreaction to, to bad form following international break, um, which if it continues, it continues, and we can have this conversation again around Gary Smith. But my opinion right now is that it's, an, it's a slight overreaction.
1: If they miss the playoffs, uh, do you think that's an overreaction?
2: I would be uh, I would be split fifty fifty. um if it's a continual if the problem continues, like the specific problem of scoring and then dropping points, then that's a tactical error that we have to get a hold of. Um we have to that that that's a direct problem that comes from the manager. Um, and that could be grounds for switching management, um changing things up. But if it's just missing the playoffs, uh, I I guess it depends on how we miss the playoffs. Is is what I'm saying. And I do want to say that I don't. I won't harp on this because I'm not trying to change anyone mind, anyone's mind. But I will say that I think Nashville probably deserves three points out of um, their visit to Portland. That's how I saw that game.
1: Uh, I yeah we'll get to we'll get to. One uh, decision uh, in that game uh, in a second, but uh, I would say another positive that Nashville um, should definitely take is is also just the form that Teal Bunbury is in, and he is a player who looks like he's having fun. He's a player who I who I've always liked. Um, yeah, like I I like Ethan said, and like I said last week, like I forgot that Nashville had Teal Bunbury but he's someone who I who I've always really liked um, I this is a very random fact but uh I think some of my appreciation uh, grew for Theo Bunbury because uh, uh uh he had a uh his one of Teo Bunbury's sister is an actor who was on uh, this one show on Fox that was called pitch, um, which was about a female baseball player, um, coming into the MLB. Um, it was only on one season. I'm pretty sure I was like the only person who watched it, who watched the show, but that, but the person who played the main character was Teal Bunbury's, uh, uh, sister. Uh, so I've always I've, I've liked Teal Bunbury, um, a little bit more because of that very strange connection but uh the goals that he's he scored have been uh all of them have been like very poor defending by whoever they're playing like uh the goal he scored um against uh vancouver um just uh no one absolutely no one is is marking him Um, He is completely free, uh, wide open for a header. Um, Same thing for his goal in the Portland game, Um, free uh, uh, at the back post. Um, So it's fun to see him score, but also uh, the defense, I would say, is really to blame for them.
2: You say poor defending. I say great positioning.
1: It's true. We can also look at it that way. Um, no, it's, probably, it's probably poor yeah. defending, honestly. <laughs> uh, but uh, that being said, uh, he uh, – and this is one way that we could probably determine that uh, he does have great positioning is Nashville clearly should have had a penalty in the second half of the Portman game. Um, Zubarich is basically like bear-hugging um teal Bunbury and pose him down as you can see Teal Bunbury who's like a big dude um uh trying to lunge for the ball. Um at uh, I was I've been thinking about this like is it possible that this could have been a red card? Um and I think that might be a little harsh because there are two Portland players who get in front of the the goal. But like Zubar uh, uh, doesn't play the ball um at all. Um and it's in the box and it's uh, it's leaning dog cell, so like it's like an orange card for me. Definitely a yellow card, and should have been a penalty.
2: Yeah, uh, I think this one along with a earlier missed call on um Hani Mukhtar. Whether or not you think one of them is definitely a PK, I think there's like 1.75 PKs between those two fouls. And on top of it, uh right before Bunbury is fouled, Alex Moyle Mule just misses uh a great chance, along with a oh my gosh, Bunbury at the back post. I think I think the end of the first half takes yeah. a touch instead of. Tapping it into an open goal. Nashville Nashville has Nashville's fans have got to be very disappointed in not only the ref, but the players, um, and their inability to get a and, and get the an and the VAR this game. And V A R. Oh my gosh. Uh
1: um, I think I think one thing that hurt Nashville's chances of VAR seeing this is it is that uh Bunbury didn't have the ball. Um when it's off the ball sometimes people will miss it or the referee will miss the play um since the referee is gonna always be looking at the ball where the ball is um but the the VAR should have seen this like it's clear and obvious like it's very very clear i i am shocked that var didn't even look at it or that yeah you know, or I, I, feel like, I feel like i feel
2: like the referee has to has to go over to the monitor and check this out at the very least, yeah, yeah, because it's it's such a denial of a clear goal scoring opportunity, and yeah. there's no there's no even thought about playing the ball here. It's it's a yeah. bear hug on the player. Um, I find it, it hurts, funny that it hurts to drop points yeah. here. It really does.
1: I I find it funny that after he's just been like bear hugging uh, Teal Bunbury. Um, until Bunbury falls down, then he falls down too. Like, this is, we see players do this all the time. It's like, oh, uh, I can't be fouling, I can't have fouled the other guy if I fell down too. Um,
0: that's the move, that's yeah. how they do it. And it's it works, very, like it's very annoying of the time.
1: Yeah, you know, you, I understand why they do it, but it's very annoying. All right. Um, Let's move on to uh let's move on to NYCFC. Um only one game uh this week uh for yep. NYCFC and uh Osley was uh, pretty much a snooze fest.
0: Yeah, not much um, to say about this one. Nil nil draw in Montreal. Um
1: I think I said that I, I think like I said that I Montreal was gonna win this show. game. I think I said Montreal was gonna win, but I thought I think there was a. I might have also said it was a tie. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm you were, you were, um,
0: you were, you were telling me that Montreal was dangerous. You were, you. Were I don't think I said Montreal. I, th- th- I think
1: it. I said Montreal was gonna win. Was gonna win yeah. because Montreal, like, obviously they did, They had just beaten. They did just beat the Sounders um, not that long ago. Um, uh, and they were playing, and Montreal's at home, and they're a team that is often overlooked. Yeah. Um. And I, I do feel like, uh, sort of in this game against NYCFC, um, NYCFC was overlooking this game. Uh, they, I think they felt they probably had this one in the bag, so they didn't pay, um, as much uh, attention to it as other uh more bigger rivalry games i don't
0: feel like we thought we were above montreal or anything like that i don't think we tried as hard as we could have i think we were kind of like we were okay with the draw it was a gary smith moment really we were we were okay with mm-hmm. the draw um and to be honest i i'm okay with the draw i've seen like many drastic reactions to this game and some are valid. Like I think we only had like two shots on goal, something like that. And it was like the lowest uh that NYCFC has ever had in a game for shots on goal, which definitely is not great. It's not great at all. But Montreal have quite a good defense. Uh Kamal Miller's an MLS All-Star. And I just I'm I'm happy with the point. It's a point away from home against a tough opponent. I'm content personally. I, I think well. if, I,
2: if I was an NYCFC fan, I would be I'd be happy with this result. Montreal's a really good team. Uh without Tati under new management. I think this might be one of the better cushing results so far.
1: Yeah, it definitely feels like they've turned the corner. Um they've they've gotten over the 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 hangover from uh from uh, MOS Cup and also Dyla uh leaving and um uh to get a result to get uh, uh to get a result to get at least a point um right after Castellanos left is huge. Um so I think this yeah it is a big result and obviously I thought that Montreal was gonna win so they they beat uh my prediction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, I don't know. I, I personally, I don't have much to report about this game. There were a couple dangerous moments for Montreal, but I thought Tiago Martins played very well. He kept Kyoto in check most of the time. Kyoto's another player that my younger brother likes to, uh, as, likes as a Tati replacement, um, which I think could also be interesting. Um, but yeah, I just, we didn't really challenge this game. Uh, I think the offense was figuring out how to play without Tati, uh, which we have done this year before, but it's different. Uh, It's different when he's like not on the bench, you know, it's different when he's not in the facilities at all. When, when a player is truly gone and missing. So I think it's a little different. We're going to have to readjust a little bit. And I think it's going to be fine. I like, I I think we'll be okay. And this was a good, Point away from home and I'm totally content with it
1: okay let's move on uh to the Sounders we also had two games this week like Nashville the first one Friday night football um in LA uh, I was at this game uh first time being at uh Bank of California Stadium and it's a nice stadium like it it was it was beautiful um it was a great atmosphere um uh it was it was and even though the Sounders uh did lose that game like it was it was a great game um uh to watch um i had there was a there was like a group of like five i'm gonna say like 11 year olds sitting right behind me Ooh. um uh who i'm sorry we who were very who, who uh who were um only a little bit obnoxious but uh but they were they were mostly i was just um enjoying their um their uh Uh, they were providing me entertainment. Like when (laughs) Bale came in, they were very excited when Bale came Mm -hmm. into the game and when Chiellini did anything. um, uh, When Bale took, um, pretty soon after when Bale came into the game um, and Bale went over to take the corner um, and, and right after Bale took the corner, one of them was like, that was the best corner ever. <laughs> yeah, um, That's nice. Uh, That's kind of sweet, uh, though. Yeah, uh, it was. It was. It was fun. I, I was definitely like they were definitely getting. They were definitely very into it, which uh, which I was enjoying. Um, again, yeah. The the atmosphere was good. Um, um I, I personally do not think that uh, uh, smoke that like the the smoke guns or the mm. the the uh or the smoke bombs should be allowed in stadiums um uh it's just like it's it um it, it doesn't I, I don't think it adds to uh the fun or anything it just makes it harder to see the game um and yeah I don't want it to get in get onto the field um that's one thing that I'm not a big fan of the 350 uh the the 352 the 3552 or yeah uh their supporter section uh this game was was frustrating because we start the Sounders started the game off so well first 20 minutes um like i said before we were taking advantage of their back line um not being very good we were doing a good job getting in behind um the only we only had uh uh we we only really had one shot on goal um though i think the stats uh would would be our goal um which is which goes down as an own goal even though ladero was at the back post he's getting ready to to put it in if uh the defender doesn't do something the defender had to make a play um he had to try and do something um uh but besides that like sounders had lots of shots not many of them on target which was definitely which is definitely very frustrating and after that first goal we just shut down and we let them have possession um, and we let them score two goals and their second goal right before halftime so that was very frustrating um again uh, i feel like stefan fry must just completely hate this stadium because he's a goalkeeper who really doesn't make errors he he's um when we get scored on it's really not his fault um and uh with lafc second goal um it uh it went uh, through his legs um and you could tell he was very frustrated um partly because of the marking but then also um i think because he i think he would feel he should have saved it um it's annoying because uh in 2019 uh, and, uh, or I guess that was um 2018 when they joined the league um in their in the first ever game at Bank of California Stadium he also had an error um where it went off him and then went in so that's definitely frustrating for fry um but yeah we we obviously we always you know, always are talk about in soccer you don't want to let your opponent score right before halftime and that's what we did um uh so frustrating that uh what what were your thoughts on the match
0: i actually watched this game or most of it at least um and yeah like you said seattle really came out swinging in like the first 20 minutes and i was really impressed uh with how they started the game uh they got that goal which was an own goal but you know it is what it is the goal is coming and, i thought
1: and then ariaga somehow missed um from like 2 yards out on a corner kick um he right. somehow put it wide it, honestly it's harder to miss that than it is to score <laughs> um and yeah. that is another thing that the sounders have really struggled with this year um is set pieces I think of our team as being very good on set pieces. But this year, we have not scored, I think, a single goal on a set piece, which is oh, wow. absolutely shocking. Uh, but if Ariaga scores uh, that goal, then it's 2-0. Um, yeah. And it's a completely different game. Um, Sounders did win uh, on possession, uh, 51 51 um yeah when we look at the stats yeah the sounders did uh the mos stats give the sounders 11 shots but zero shots on goal uh, matt oh, wow. do you have any thoughts about this game
2: um every time i watch lafc play I- i'm reminded of how suffocating their press is um, mm-hmm. and i think that it punishes every team they play and i don't think this was really all that different um seattle was able to find success early but the the skill and tactical disparity between the two teams averaged out to the mean by the end of the game um and i mean this this the the first 20 minutes shows that lafc aren't invincible um but the game as a whole shows that they are favorites um, it's it's a it's a fine performance by seattle you want to get points everywhere you can uh, when you have the slow start to the season that you did, but uh, I, it's a fine performance. And then it's good that the, the performance at, at midweek came um, because the West is so tight right now for everybody that's not I, LAFC or Austin.
1: I think it um, I think one thing is like uh, with this performance, um, I think the, uh, this performance would have beaten a lot of other MOS teams. LA is just um, the the best of the best right now. Um, I also feel um, if we had um, Raúl, um, it would have been different. Um, I don't think LAFC has ever beaten us when Raúl Roy Diaz is on the field. Um, I'm not even. I think, and I think we might have all. We might have won uh, every game that, uh, Raul has been on the field against them. Um, I definitely would have loved to have him, um, in this game. Um, though I'm happy we're not rushing him because we need him in the playoffs. We need to have him fully fit so we can't rush him back, um, uh, and have him get injured again. Um, I thought will Bruin played very well I was annoyed when we took off uh will Bruin um I I would have liked to see will Bruin play um with Montero some uh uh I at this because again Montero is not a forward he should not be playing there alone and if we're going to do that then we got to put Morris up top um I would like to see morris uh play up top um but at this stage it seems like raul is pretty much back uh but uh i yeah going back like it was like i thought the team played well and i think with raul we would have been different um shorthanded, we played um as as well as we could have i would say um and it was and it was always gonna be tough i never felt very confident um going into this game um sounders get lucky um with one uh of lafc's goals called back and it was the right call definitely hit um carlos veas uh hand or arm Um, uh, but it's a great finish like take another and and also one thing that also makes this loss hurt less is the goals that LA did score are all good goals, like the LAFC's equalizer, absolutely incredible finish. Um, so so that yeah, that definitely made makes it hurt less. Uh, but moving on to the Sounders' uh, second game of the week, which was at home versus Dallas. Dallas has really never played well when they come, um, to Seattle. Um, and, uh, Sounders, uh, getting it done, uh, via a penalty decision. Um, Alan Chapman, the referee very clearly calls very, very clearly a penalty, very obvious. Um, the, uh, goalkeeper got a yellow card, um, could have gotten sent off um for dog so but uh they they go yellow just he gets uh kept he gets uh lost in no man's land uh and clearly t- takes out Morris and then the steps up uh to give us the, the three points from the penalty spot he is now 18 for 18 on penalties uh perfect uh doing his shoe celebration well uh do you guys think that the the shoe celebration should count as um uh taking off your shirt um do you think you should get a yellow card for that i've heard uh there's people around the league who have who have said uh that he should get a yellow card for that uh do you guys agree with that
0: i'm actually i'm i'm going to admit uh ignorance i am unaware of this shoe celebration does he just take off his shoe
1: yeah so his like um his like um signature celebration is he takes off his shoe and then he like holds it up to his ear as a phone um oh. because um well, like he fine. like pretends to dial it and then he holds it up to his phone <laughs> and he says uh to his, to his face um and he says he does that because um uh like since he's been playing internationally sometimes it's like hard to see family um so he does that uh for his uh for his family that's why he does that um uh i don't see why uh,
0: that should be a yellow card it's not the same thing at all
1: do you think that uh ripping your shirt off should be a yellow card in in that sense
0: i've never thought about i've always just kind of accepted it um but maybe it shouldn't what
1: do, be. What do you think, Matt? Where do you stand on uh, on this shirt debate?
2: I think you should be able to celebrate a goal pretty much however you want uh, mm-hmm. without getting a yellow. Uh, I think anything short of, like, running up into an opposing team player's face and, like – like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think you should even be able to yeah. say something to an opposing player, but you shouldn't be able to, like, get, like, way up in their face and provoke a response yeah anything short of provoking the other team into like a response yeah should be allowed. I think it's more entertaining um also the goalkeeper yeah
1: it uh, it should be this. more about like how long it takes like how yeah. long how long the celebration takes like you, you get mm-hmm. one for delaying the game, but i I also agree right. like like there's so much emotion involved uh involved um. Like I'm I, I wanna see crazy celebrations. The, back the, to the back back to the goalkeeper, yeah.
2: The PK, it's the wildest PK to give away. It's not even a particularly dangerous play that you commit the foul on. Um like yeah, the defense really, is also really coming good, back. If he takes an incredible first touch, he'll get a shot on goal. But that's like like this is not the most dangerous attack in the world.
1: And, and then the, the the defense is, is right there. Foul. Like the center yeah. backs are, are coming back to help. It's a great ball and it's a great run by Morris. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a terrible decision from uh, from the data keeper. Uh, and then the and way he honesty, goes down
2: after he commits the foul is so silly.
1: Like, and honestly, we know
2: you're not hurt.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that's uh, that's up there with like the. What I was saying, like, oh yeah, if I got uh I couldn't have fouled him if I'm also on the ground. Like I think I think <laughs> yeah. it, like immediately I I was like he thinks he's gonna get a red card, so he's gonna so he's just gonna stay on the ground for a little bit. Since I I, I at yeah. the time like was seeing that live, that happened like right in front of my, my view. I thought he was done for sure. Like I was like he missed the ball completely. Um. Now, when I watch it, like, um, with the other defenders coming back, I think yellow card is the right call. But, um, yeah. like, it's close. It's just a terrible decision. And and also, I would say this result feels especially good because, like, Dallas, um, did not start their their first choice team. Um, Dallas has done this to us before in 2016 um when the sounders were struggling they started like a c team against us and then we beat them um 5-0 um which was great because like uh and at that time i think we were that that was like right at the beginning when we were starting to turn stuff around so we were in like last place um but like that was just insulting the lineup the dallas uh, picked um so like having Frere on the bench um obviously like it's a, I mean it's a midweek game teams are gonna rotate a little bit but uh I I didn't appreciate that um from Dallas I'm so happy we got the result um for the sounders lineup again um Nash, uh I've compared him to ake Loba Nashville has moved on from ake Loba can we please move on from Leo Chiu? He is not good. Every time he has the ball, he loses the ball. I am done with this guy. I don't want to see him on the field again. <laughs> He's um, Hopefully he never at least starts another game. Um, he can come in off the bench sometimes because he does have speed sometimes when he wants to use it. But this guy is not good. Um he just got he did just get married, so congratulations. <laughs> Besides that, he can yeah. get lost. So- Moving forward to the next week of MOS, uh, each of our teams got one match before the All-Star. Break before All-Star Week. Sounders are traveling to Atlanta. Um, Atlanta has been struggling. It is in the this will be the 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 battle of the teams who didn't sign anyone. Um but also (laughs) but also the uh it's it's Smetzer versus Gonzalo Pineda, our former assistant coach. Um every game. Uh, between the sounders and atlanta has been a tie except for uh, the sounders one win against wow. atlanta and seattle um uh when when rau rodias scored one of the best goals ever um uh, as a sounder uh i'm expecting uh, uh i'm expecting a good game uh, i think there's a pretty good chance that this ends in a tie it'll be interesting to see if Raul radius does start this game or if he starts on the bench um I don't know how how fit he is um uh I'm also interested to see since obviously since he did get a call up for the uh all-star game since he did get voted in um if he will still be at the all-star game this week, um, because in the past you've got, uh, if you don't go to the all-star game, then you get, uh, then you get suspended for your next MOS game. Um, But uh, that doesn't happen if you're injured. So it's, it's interesting. Like, I hope Raul isn't like in some ways, punished for coming back from injury right before the game because i really do not want him to get injured in the, in that all-star game if he is there um uh but uh i'm definitely expecting to play some part in the nanta game i'm gonna expect it's a tie though um uh at uh at mercedes-benz uh what are your guys thoughts on 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 this game
0: seattle should win I'm putting that expectation out there. I think Seattle should win. I
2: think they're I think Seattle's in a uh a run of form over the past three games that's good, uh including the LAFC game. I think the last two games they played have been quality. Um so against a struggling Atlanta side, the standard for Seattle has to be a win, I think.
1: Yeah, and if we get to, if we are able to get a win, then we can uh move. Uh, We can continue to jump up in the playoff uh, picture in the Western conference and we might, we could end this weekend in a, uh, in a home uh, position uh, in the top four of the, of the Western conference. Uh, But uh, winning the game could bring us level with, uh, with Dallas uh, and Minnesota. Uh, which would be huge in passing uh, Salt Lake. And uh, also Nashville, the most important important one. Can't forget them. Mentioning them. Hmm.
2: Except for the fact that Nashville, if we're done with that, I think. Yeah. And
1: you guys have a game in hand. We still have a game in hand on you guys. Oh,
2: that's true. Yeah. Well, Hmm. and without ignoring that, Nashville plays uh, Toronto at home. Toronto is a bad team looking at the whole season, but a good team looking at right now. Um, I'm going to go. I'm excited to watch the uh, talent. Uh, I'm excited to watch their talented roster. I'm excited to see what our team looks like uh, at home against a squad that is quality but shaky. Um, My hopes are high for this one. I think with three straight ties um, and without conceding uh, outside of set pieces. I really want to win. Um, it's impossible to not expect a tie, though. So my prediction mm-hmm. is the fourth straight 1-1 draw, conceding on a set piece.
1: <laughs> Toronto in their last two games did draw, and they didn't look um, – and uh, their last game was against uh, New England, to. um uh I would say new England is a new England is a worse side than Nashville. So, um, that being said, like, I, I think Nashville, uh, could win this game one zero. I think that that that's my prediction, uh, uh, for this game. Um, uh, I really hope that, uh, insignia continues not to score. So we don't see 30 posts, um, uh, about him scoring um, <laughs> uh, and, can, and can we just uh, and that being said let's just have a, an, a moment of appreciation for New England's keeper for saving yes. his penalty thank you for saving our Instagram feeds thank you very much
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, Ethan Insignia's, yeah. to see Insigne's first goal mm-hmm. against Nashville would be painful because um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: or yeah I think it would be his first goal Because I still see Bales like back heel touch against Lovitz, which is like a good pass, (laughs) not a great pass, but I still see it. Like they still replay it. It's just a little, (laughs) little back heel pass. It's nothing that's like, it's it's nothing special, but I still see it.
1: Bales, what doing with
0: that? Yeah. Yeah. This is a really tough game for me to call because I would say that Nashville are a better team than Toronto. But with Insigne and Bernadeski and Mark Anthony K and apparently Michael Bradley can sh- score two goals a game now, so like I don't know what to say. It wasn't him.
1: It was a it was a imposter. Clearly,
0: <laughs> it was it was an imposter, Michael Bradley. Yeah. Um, I'll give the edge to Nashville. I'll say they'll maybe they'll, they'll either draw or you know na- Nashville will get a, get three points.
1: And then, uh, uh, finally NYCFC is traveling to lower.com field to play <laughs> Columbus, who yeah. is also playing, uh, uh, pretty well right now. Um, first time, uh, one of our teams gets to play Cujo.
0: Yeah. If this game was like a month ago, I wouldn't be worried. Um, we've always had somewhat of a back and forth with Columbus, but generally I feel like we have the edge over them, but Cucho is so dangerous. So I'm definitely nervous going into this game, especially because Columbus are home. Um, So I'm very nervous about that. Uh, I do think, however, Tiago Martins is a very, very fast center back. And so I think that maybe he can keep up with Cucho's pace. Um, but I am worried that the current shutout streak will come to an end, uh, which I don't want because I I would love it if Sean Johnson uh, broke the single-season clean sheet record this year. That would be great. Um, oh, and, I'm, you know, Columbus, I always want to keep a clean sheet.
1: Columbus did just uh, fall at home on, on Wednesday um, to Montreal. Um, in that mm-hmm, game, uh, Kai Kamara became – the third uh, highest goal scorer in MOS history. Um, so mm. Columbus did, uh, and uh, before that they also tied. So um, th- their their form has dropped a little yeah. from when Coutinho first uh, came to their team. Um,
0: I would like uh, for us to win for sure, and I think we kind of have to. I hope
1: I, they do win. No one likes I wouldn't Columbus. Wanna see
0: enough, I, would, I don't want to see two draws in a row. I want to win away from home. I'd love to see a very getting in the goals. Uh, I think Talos Magno, he should probably have a big game. I think if, if he plays well, then hopefully the rest of our offense will. Um, Maxi Morales is questionable on the injury list. I don't know if he'll play. I might prefer it if he doesn't, to be honest, because um, whenever he plays, he generally plays at the number 10 and he pushes uh, Santi Rodriguez out uh, onto the right. Um, And I think Santi is great, but he's nowhere near as good uh, on the right as he is in the middle. Um, So I'm okay if Maxi doesn't start so that Santi can start in the middle and maybe Pereira or Thiago can start out on the right. Um, I'd love to see a bit more from Pereira because he's proven to be a really great shooter of the ball. And so I'd love for him to take some more shots. Um, we're going to have Alfredo Morales back, uh, he had yellow card accumulation for our previous game. So, I'm I'll be glad to have him back. Um, and I, I I'm hoping for a win. I would like to score some goals after not scoring any against Montreal. But I am cautious about Kucha.
1: NYCFC does have a game in hand on uh, Philadelphia, and they could uh go top of the table if they do get a result uh against uh against mm. Columbus. So um we'll see if that happens.
0: Anything to annoy but, Philly fans.
1: Any loss for Columbus is a win for me, also. <laughs>
0: that's yeah, that's true. Matt, I want uh, you to make, a make list fun of, of the teams Stadium. that you don't like. at least it's not lore.com field
1: it's pretty much it's pretty much everyone but the sounders honestly no (laughs)
0: that's that's kind of how i feel about nycfc i'm not gonna (laughs) lie
1: i think i can say with with um some confidence that the teams i don't like the most um are are columbus toronto um and um and uh, L.A.F.C. Um, and mm. uh, uh, Portland is like right behind that, but like Portland is also like Portland is also sort of like that frenemy um, uh, rival, cause like I I do like I like like Portland as a place, um somewhat even though like I hate their mm. team, um I I find L.A.F.C columbus in toronto so much more annoying so coming up this week we got all star week um uh remember uh the uh the big main title event guys is on tuesday that is the skills showdown that's what you mm-hmm. want to watch that's what's entertaining then we got the the game on wednesday that's the boring one uh, other topics uh from recently, we saw the LA t- teams play at uh, SoFi in the League's Cup Showcase. Um, fun fact: uh, There were more. The attendance for the League's Cup Showcase was higher than uh, uh, the attendance for the past Super Bowl at at uh, SoFi. The uh, the ticket price. For this was uh very much different uh i believe like the <laughs> cheapest ticket for the super bowl was six thousand dollars and the cheapest oh, wow. ticket for for this game uh was about like a hundred um for the for the double header uh but still uh, i find that that i found that that uh funny um next year uh next year for the leagues cup the seasons will uh, for both Liga MX and MLS will stop for the 47 team tournament. Uh, before we go, do you guys have any thoughts on uh, on uh, on that? Uh, are you guys excited for this at all?
2: I think that in the matchup between MLS and Liga MX, the rivalry, uh, a big move has just been made by the MLS to bring in a new striker, a board ape nft (laughs) (laughs) which is (laughs) i just i saw that today and had to throw it in there it's just the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen it's so silly
1: the world we we now (laughs) live in with nfts is so sad i I
0: was like oh MLS announcing an nft right
1: now oh we didn't we, we we still really haven't talked about it uh at all U.S. Open Cup final is going to be – there's a USL team doing it. Do you think this is a good thing for yeah. MLS uh, guys or, what do you, or just like for U.S. soccer? How, how are you guys feeling about the fact that we have MLS versus USL for the U.S. Open Cup final this year?
2: I think it's a bad look for MLS. I'm really excited personally, and I think it's an especially bad look for – they beat Sporting KC, right?
1: Why is it a – why is it yeah it is SKC it is SKC is is in last place in the western conference and then then see so they beat well but i don't think it's like like why is it a bad look for MOS because like in we look in like uh Europe for like the FA Cup if a team from like the championship makes it to the FA Cup final it's just no one talks about oh no one really talks about, oh, the Premier League is so bad. Um, <laughs> like, they're letting a lower division make it. Um, I, think I think it just League makes U.S. soccer top. look better. I, it just uh, makes it all look better. It's that I the gap is just you, smaller. Maybe, is but I think smaller? the Premier
2: League is given the benefit of the doubt where the MLS is not. Um, mm. And promotion relegation will never come to the United States um, not without something serious changing, so I think it just yeah. makes the first league look worse. Without like Sacramento having a chance to become a first league team, and you know that be part of like a story. Um, so
1: again, yeah, is there literally?
2: I don't think it's a big deal either yeah. way. I'm excited to see them play. I hope they win.
1: Is is there we, anyone yeah. who is there anyone who is rooting for Orlando? Literally, no one lives in Orlando. <laughs>
0: Just Orlando fans, yeah, I guess, yeah. but I gotta say, people I just wa- go, I watched just go most visit Orlando. of of this game against SKC, the sacro this for Sacramento, yeah. and this this penalty shootout had it's this has one of like the best penalty shootout moments of all time. It has to be, because yeah. number ninety nine Sacramento Republic Malik Foster steps up panank penalty that's one thing that's enough you know spunk to do that in a penalty shootout but then he does you know like this this cartwheel flip celebration afterwards <laughs> and then he does he puts him to sleep with the celebration and it was just like the most amazing thing i had seen ever and i thought it was so fun and
1: that's and the fact that it now. was all decided by um Graham Zeusy was the one who, who <laughs> right, whose yeah. penalty does got uh got saved at the end. Um I feel like just makes it a whole lot uh <laughs> greater and it's like disgraced a disgraced uh uh US men's national team player, um, who I've I, I thought he was overrated uh in the 2014 World Cup um um and now he's just old uh so the fact that he he was the one who got his penalty kick saved um was very very entertaining and props to their keeper for sacramento yeah um he he had a great game just all around making a lot of saves um we'll see if he he receives a uh, a call-up to, to an MOS team. I think there are definitely teams who could use him. All right, but I think that uh, that does it for this episode. We'll, we want to remind you that you can follow the show on Twitter at WECB Football. You can follow the show on Instagram at footballslife.wecb. You can email the show at footballslife.wecb at gmail.com um, if you want to get in contact with the show. Um, You can also get in contact with the show by going to our website, footballislife.net. New episodes coming out every Friday. We will see you next week. And until then, football Football is live. live.